Good morning, everybody. How is your day going? I hope you're off to a good start on this Sunday, and I would like to welcome you and thank you for joining me today on Sunday morning with Love and Action. I hope everybody's summer is getting off to a good start. I know school is over with now for all the schools, public, private schools. I always enjoyed my summers when I was young and not going to school. And school teachers, well, they feel the same way. (laughs) My mom taught school for 39 years, and she did indeed enjoy her summer breaks. So hope everybody's having a good summer as you go on vacation or whatever you're going to do this summer. Just be safe, be careful, and most importantly, keep living for Jesus wherever you go. Whether you stay at home or you go off on a vacation somewhere, Keep living for Jesus. Keep him as your focus and tell others about him. Well, this morning we are going to continue with our series on the full armor of God. Last week we looked at the belt of truth, and this week we're going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. So as we make our way through one piece at a time, I hope everybody is being encouraged to put on the full armor of God and have a better understanding about what God is talking about in this full armor. It's the spiritual weaponry he gives us to fight the enemy, who is Satan. And so I hope today is another day of learning, of being encouraged that we have this armor that God gives us. And if we wear it, then we'll be able to fend off every attack of the enemy. And before we get into today's lesson, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, you are so awesome. And we praise your holy name. We love you. We thank you. We want to honor you today, Lord. May you be glorified during this time that we have together as we open up your word and study about the full armor that you give us, Lord. Lord, you don't leave us empty-handed. Lord, you give us a full armor. You give us everything we need to live this life in victory. And we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you for watching over us, keeping us safe, guiding, directing us every step of the way in our lives. And Father, I want to lift up people who may be traveling today. Maybe somebody's going on vacation today. Lord, I pray for safe travels. Lord, I pray for the children who are out of school now, Lord. May they have a good summer and may they be safe, Father God. And Lord, I know there's many children who live in poverty and Lord, school's so important for them for many reasons, especially for food, for breakfast and lunch. Lord, I pray that you would provide for them during this time when they're not in school and they're not receiving breakfast and lunch meals. Lord, you'd watch over them and protect them. Father, I pray for those who have not given their lives to you. Lord, I pray today will be their day that they call out to you, Jesus, and ask you to forgive them and come into their lives and be Lord of their lives. Savior and Lord, we love you, Jesus. You you came and you died on that cross for our sins, and you rose again on the third day, so all who believe shall not perish but have eternal life. And then you give us that awesome command to follow you. You told your disciples that, follow me. And you give us all that same command, that same invitation to follow you, to follow the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, there's no one I'd rather follow than you. So, Father, I just pray that as we study your word this morning, that you would just cleanse and renew our minds through the reading of your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us, guide us, lead us into all truth. And, Father, may we be doers of your word and not hearers only. And it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
The first piece of the armor we looked at last week, the belt of truth. Now the second piece of armor, the full armor of God, as described by Paul, we're going to study today is the breastplate of righteousness. Some may ask, what good is a breastplate? Even more important, what does it have to do with righteousness? Well, let's look at it and find out. Paul mentions the breastplate of righteousness in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Again, our key text about the full armor of God is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. So I encourage you to read that, study that, and ask God to just, just show you everything he wants to show you through his word. And I've said throughout this series that the apostle Paul, he was under house arrest in Rome for two years. So he was around Roman soldiers all the time. And he became well acquainted with their weaponry. And at some point, God gave Paul an analogy to share about the full armor of God through the imagery of the Romans' soldiers' weapons. There's actually a lesson here from ancient Israel that provides an ironic example of how important armor can be. Uh, You may recall the cowardly life of King Ahab. Go back into first kings you can read about king ahab do you know how this evil king's life came to an end the bible says in first Kings 16 verse 30 that this king of israel king ahab did evil in the sight of the lord more than all who were before him so he, he had to have been an evil man because there were some evil kings before him but he was worse than all of them and god had prophesied that Ahab would die in the battle that's described in 1 Kings chapter 22. So Ahab, again, I mentioned he was a coward. And here's a good example of why I said that. Ahab decided during this battle that he was going to disguise himself while his ally, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, wore his kingly robes. Ahab decided he was going to not do that and wear a disguise. Now, the the enemy had ordered their captains to fight with no one, small or great, but only with the king of Israel. Remember, Ahab is king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And so they were to fight only against the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him, and they saw Jehoshaphat, so they thought, well, this must be the king of Israel. But Jehoshaphat cried out, and when the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing Jehoshaphat. And then we read in 1 Kings chapter 22, 31 through 35, But a certain man drew his bow and unknowingly struck the king of Israel between the scale armor and the breastplate. At evening he died. The blood of the wound had flowed into the bottom of the chariot. So it's perhaps poetic justice, some might say, that This unrighteous, this evil king lost his life due to an opening in his armor. It's also a lesson for us. Let's don't leave any openings in our armor of God when we put it on so the enemy cannot penetrate it. But there was an opening in in King Ahab's armor, and that's where the arrow went, and it killed him. So we can see we can use that also as an analogy of how or an illustration of how the enemy shoots his arrows at us, wanting to destroy us. And if there's any openings, he's going to find it. So we have to have that full armor of God on. And here's another illustration that I found that shows the importance of the breastplate. And it goes like this. 
Facing the hordes of Satan, you brace yourself and pray. The host of our enemy share a collective, malicious grin, waiting for the command to do their worst. The battle cry sounds. They begin their charge. You tighten your grip on your sword and raise your shield. Weapons begin swinging with unrivaled fury. You do your best to parry the onslaught, but there are too many weapons to block. Eventually, you watch as one of your opponent's swords begins making a clean arc that continues right past your shield toward your chest. You brace yourself, preparing for the worst and expecting your quick demise. Watching the weapon move ever closer to you as time slows to a maddening crawl. Waiting, waiting, when clang, the reverberating noise of the sword striking your breastplate pierces the air. Shaking your head in disbelief, you look down to find that the breastplate of righteousness stopped the deadly blow in its tracks. Delivered by righteousness and with renewed vigor, you plunge back into the fight. I love that illustration because it's, it, it's so good, it's so strong, it's such a powerful picture of our spiritual warfare against Satan because he is coming at us with everything he has. And sometimes there's so many of those weapons, those arrows, those darts that he's shooting at us, it seems like we can't block them all. But then we have the breastplate of righteousness, and that saves us. And then we get back up, and we jump into the fight, and we get on the offensive fighting against our enemy. So this breastplate, now, with the Roman soldiers, it provided protection for the torso. And, of course, we know our torso contains vital organs like the heart and the lungs and so forth. So without a breastplate, a soldier really would be asking for death as any attack could instantly become fatal. With a sturdy breastplate, however, the very same attacks become ineffective and useless as those blows, as we just described in that illustration, glances off the armor. And so the armor, the armor of God is important in this breastplate serves as a vital piece of our weaponry. And we, somebody may ask, well, why is righteousness associated with protective armor like a breastplate? Well, let's look at some scripture here. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 4. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Without righteousness, we leave ourselves open to almost certain death. With righteousness, just as with a breastplate, the otherwise fatal attacks of our enemies are thwarted. So righteousness delivers from death. So what is righteousness? Good question. Psalms 119 verse 172. My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commands are righteousness. 1 John 3, 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 34, Awake to righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So to be righteous, as we, we just read in those few scriptures there, to be righteous is to do what is right in God's eyes. We, we read that God's commandments are righteousness. And in contrast, lawlessness is sin. So sin is the opposite of righteousness. So to be righteous, we need to obey God's law, his laws of love. God gives us his laws. He gives us his commands. We do a study at Love and Action called the 50 Commands of Christ as part of our discipleship teaching. 
and to know those commands and put them into action in our lives or you know we respond to our Lord Jesus Christ and we fulfill those commands he gives us then we are living a righteous life but when we sin that means we're being disobedient to our God then we're living unrighteous lives so to wear the armor of God to wear the breastplate of righteousness we need to live a righteous life we need to live according to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's commands. What separates us from God, causing him to withhold his protection? Well, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear iniquities and sins are actions and thoughts that go against God's laws. And since they're in conflict with God's way of living and are harmful to ourselves and to others, our perfect and just God will not associate with us if we go down the path of sin and evil. We cut ourselves off from God. We cut ourselves off from his protection. So as we read that sin is lawlessness, we know that sin is disobedience, then We don't have that breastplate of righteousness on when we're living like that. So that protection is not there. But as we obey our Heavenly Father and we live a righteous life, then we have that protection, that protection of the breastplate of righteousness. But we have to be obedient to our Heavenly Father. We have to be obedient to His Word. We have to be obedient to the commands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And His commands are not burdensome. When we live for Jesus, it is an awesome life. And I'm, I'm telling you this firsthand because I've lived without Jesus as Lord of my life. And I've lived with them since 1989 as my Lord and Savior. And I'm telling you, there is such an awesome difference, such a better life, such a better way of life. And there's actually life, period. <laughs> Before, that, there's, no, there's really no life. But in Jesus... There's life and having that breastplate of righteousness. Now, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it means that we are living for our God, striving each and every day to be obedient to him. And therefore, we have on the breastplate of righteousness. So whose righteousness should we be wearing? Well, of course, we need to be wearing God's righteousness. And let's look at at scripture with that. Isaiah 64, verse 6, but we are like an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. You see, righteousness may deliver from death, but whose righteousness are we talking about? Well, obviously, the scripture we just read makes it clear that our individual, our personal righteousness is on par with filthy rags. Now, those rags that Isaiah is talking about actually deals with a woman's menstrual cycle. So that shows you, that tells you about our righteousness, that we, that we just don't have it in and of ourselves. And when you're looking to protect yourself from death, those filthy rags are a horrible, lousy breastplate. We, we don't want that as our breastplate. Jeremiah 23 verse 6 reads, In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. 
Also consider these these verses. Job 36.3 I will get my knowledge from afar and ascribe righteousness to my maker. Psalms chapter 5 verse 8 Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. Psalms 23 verse 3 He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Psalms 25 verse, 24 verse 5, He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of, our, of his salvation. Psalm 71 verse 16, With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. We see in these verses that I just read that true righteousness comes from God. It is God's righteousness, not our own which must serve as our breastplate and defense against Satan. Again, when we try to do things on our own, we try to do things in our power, it's just not going to work. And when we're fighting against supernatural forces of Satan and his minions, we can't stand up to them in our own power. We can't put on our own breastplate of righteousness. Again, that's filthy rags. Do you want to enter into a battle with a rag as your breastplate, that sword's going right through it, isn't it? So we have to put on God's righteousness. It's his righteousness that serves as our breastplate and defense against Satan. Let's look at some other characteristics that Paul compares with a breastplate. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 8, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation. Faith and love also protects our hearts. And it's interesting to study how faith and love relate to righteousness. Faith works through love, as we see in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Faith works through love. And Abraham's faith, which was shown by his doing what God said to do. You read Abraham and he just, God tells him to do something. He does it. And so that was Abraham's faith in action And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Paul mentions that in Romans chapter 4, verse 3. And of course, you can go into Genesis and read about Abraham and see how he was so faithful in what God asked him to do. I like how the Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown commentary puts it. They write, faith as the motive within and love exhibited in outward acts constitute the perfection of righteousness. Read that again. Faith as the motive within and love exhibited in outward acts constitute the perfection of righteousness. So we want to be righteous people. We got to have faith. We got to have love. And we need to act upon that and put our faith into action. And when we do, we're being obedient to God and his righteousness covers us. So, how do we wear the breastplate of righteousness? Again, we can look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, where Paul writes to take up the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And then he goes into each individual part, and we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And through the scripture we've been reading this morning, we now know what the breastplate of righteousness is, and that's God's righteousness. We need to be obedient to his word, be obedient to the commands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, 
so we can live that righteous life and be protected by his righteousness. And doing an in-depth concordant study of all the scriptures concerning righteousness, using the the New King James Version, there are 301 references in a concordance about righteousness. And it reveals that servants of God in the Bible who had righteousness all had it because they followed God's way. Though it may seem like a sweeping statement here, it is through a continuing dedicated adherence to both the letter and the spirit of God's law that we can defend ourselves with his righteousness. So according to scripture, we see that everyone in the Bible who had righteousness all had it because they followed God's law. They followed God's way. And so if we want to do the same and have that breastplate of righteousness on, then we need to follow the Word of God. We need to be obedient to the Word of God. And obedience is such a key word, and I bring that out often, because as you read Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, you will see that when people are obedient to the Word of God, God does amazing things in their lives. One of those things is this righteousness we've been talking about and how His righteousness will protect us. And once we have put on the breastplate of righteousness, we must make sure never to remove it. Ezekiel chapter 33 verse 13 shows that wearing righteousness is not a one-time event. Rather, it requires a lifetime of action. So we can't just live a righteous life and then say, okay, I'm going to live unrighteous for a while. I think we're still protected. We're not. We won't be. And it's like this life that we live for Jesus Christ we can't just live it a couple of days a week. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a brand new life that we have to live for Jesus every single day. And as we do, we're, we start living this righteous life, and therefore we have the protection of the breastplate of righteousness. And one day, we know that this war that we're fighting, the spiritual battle we're fighting, is going to be over with. And when it is, we're promised the work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness quietness, and assurance forever. And I just read that out of Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. By faithfully living God's way and staying clear of Satan's way, staying away from his path, then we will find peace, quietness, and assurance forever. Peace is a wonderful thing, and it's what this whole world is searching for, and we have it in Jesus Christ. And that's why we have to share him with others. But as we live a righteous life, we're going to have peace. We're going to have quietness. Do, do you ever have quiet time? I hope so. We, we all need some quiet time in our lives, and we need to spend that time with God. Just you and God talking, you and the Word of God, having quiet time to be able to hear God speak to you through his Word. So we need that, that quietness and assurance. God assures us that he's with us. He assures us of his salvation. He assures us of his protection, of his grace, of his love, of his mercy. What an awesome God we serve. And and, and we can have that forever. As believers faithfully live in obedience to and communion with Jesus Christ, his own righteousness produces in us the practical daily righteousness that becomes our spiritual breastplate. 
Lack of holiness, on the other hand, leaves us vulnerable to the enemy's attacks on our souls. So we must live for and be obedient to Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior. And when we do, we have his righteousness protecting us. I just want to encourage you as we wrap up here to take some time for some introspection. Do a self-evaluation. What laws of God, what commands of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ do you find yourself most likely to compromise? We can't expect the breastplate to stay securely fastened unless we remain true to the commands of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So once you identify your weaker areas, resolve to keep from compromising in them. Talk to God about it. He knows anyway. But go to him and talk to him and say, Lord, this is where you know that I struggle at and I need your help to overcome. And he has given us his Holy Spirit who will help us to be more than overcomers. Put it to God. Put it to him in prayer and, and, and commit that in prayer to him. It's great having someone you can be accountable to. If you're a man, you need to have another man you're accountable to. If you're a woman, you need to have another woman you're accountable to. And you can tell them, look, I'm struggling with something. I have, I have friends who, who do that. We keep each other accountable. And you know that that, that brother or that sister that you're, is, who's your accountability partner is just going to stay between you two and God. And it's important to have that accountability partner. So I encourage you, if you don't have one, ask God to put one in your life and then you help him as well. Or if you're, again, if you're a female, you help that female as well. When we do, we we can be more than overcomers with the power of God in our lives. And as we're thinking about those weak areas where we compromise, pick one area at a time. Don't try to do everything at once. That can be overwhelming, but pick one area at a time and pay special attention to things such as When do you compromise and what prompts it? What's the trigger that prompts that weakness where where you compromise? Is it because of certain conditions or environments or the company that you're with, the people that you're with, and so forth? And use this information to decrease your chances of being tempted to compromise and start doing that today. Now, we're going to be tempted. Satan's going to tempt us. He knows our weak spots. He's going to tempt us. And, the, and that temptation is not the sin, okay? Temptation is not a sin. It's what we do with that temptation. If we give in to it, then that's when we sin. That's when we become disobedient to God. But when we turn and go the other way, that's when we're becoming stronger in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to do that. Again, I encourage you as well to read, study Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And next week, we're going to continue this series of the armor of God. We're going to look at the shoes of preparation of the gospel of peace. I pray that this series is helping and giving you some, some points, some, maybe some, some nuggets that you can use to wear this armor of God that God gives us all the time. And I want to encourage those of you who are listening today who are not believers in Jesus You've heard about them. You're, you you may be even just kind of searching right now, checking them out. Let me encourage you to call out to him right where you're at and ask him to forgive you. Confess him as Lord of your life. And the word of God says, when we do that and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Jesus tells us to repent. 
That means turning from our sinful ways, our disobedient ways, and turning to him. And asking him to forgive you. And he's going to forgive you. He's going to fill you with love. And you're going to experience life, true life, here on earth and have life everlasting. And from this point on, live for him. And if you've done that or you've got any questions, please contact me. You can call our Love and Action office at 334-494-4995. That's 334-494-4995. Or you can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. I'd love to give you some next steps if you made that decision. I'd love to send you some material to help you with your new life in Jesus Christ. I pray that God blesses you all with a great rest of the day and a wonderful week coming up. And may God bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his face upon you and give you peace.